Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Talking Numbers, our number one podcast for the accounting industry, which I'm very proud about and our listeners are proud about. So if you are returning, thank you for coming back for 2021. It's been a wonderful series. If you're new, my name's Paul Jance and I've got the pleasure in chatting to some wonderful guests that are doing some fantastic things within our accounting industry. Now, today is a really, really important one because I suppose it's it's off the back, first of all, Andrew. Andrew, welcome. Andrew's from Deakin University. Professor Andrew Noblet, welcome, mate. Thank you, Paul. How are you going? Yeah, really good. Look, I might just <laughs> expand good. a little bit to all of our listeners that maybe didn't hear what we were uh, doing in one of our virtual lunches. So sure. to all of you that uh, may have not been on our virtual lunch, I have the ability from CPA's Head of Public Practice, Keddie Waller, to be brought together by um, with Andrew and another lady, Tina Winchester, who we spoke a few weeks ago about the effects of mental health, um, what the CPA are doing, what the CAANZ are doing, what the, you know, what the IPA are doing. And again, Andrew, I, I've just been on to the other Andrew. I was chatting, chatting to him <laughs> earlier today, Andrew Conway, um, IPA's CEO, about a whole host of other things. But one of the key things we want to talk about today is a specific program. It's called Count On You. And um, I know we're going to delve a little bit deeper into that. I know the, the virtual lunch was fantastic. So if you missed it, we spoke about a lot of key things to do with the effects of mental health. I know we had Tina there as well. We don't have Tina on the line mm. today. But what I want to talk to Andrew about is today is just going to a little bit more detail about the actual program. And for all of uh, our, our loyal listeners, our accountants out there, how this is going to work for you and um, if you're Victorian-based, you probably know as well. I know this will be a little bit delayed, but we're in lockdown again for our stage 4.0 at the moment. So again, the effects are going to be felt far and wide, whether you're trying to work, whether you're a parent trying to, uh, you know, school teach from remote learning. It all compounds to the sorts of effects that we can suffer from. So it's a great thing to talk about, isn't it, Andrew? It is, yeah, very topical, Paul. There's no doubt about that. And I'm in Melbourne as well. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've got a a 17-year-old who's in the room next door, um, <laughs> presumably studying I, I, I th- and um, taking part in classes. But, um, yeah, we'll find out in, in, um, in the not-too-distant future, I dare say. Yeah, we've got yeah. parent-teacher parent interviews <laughs> just around the corner. So, you know, and that'll be online as well. So Yeah, and, and again, yeah. tougher for those parents, let's say, that, you know, last year went through the 16, 17-year-olds, the VCE the, or the year yeah. 11s and year 12s. It's, it's tough on them and tough on us as parents, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. So um, this is fantastic. But, mate, before we mm. jump into this, maybe if you can give us a little bit of a, a background. Obviously, I mentioned Deacon. <laughs> I mentioned you're a professor. Um, <laughs> sorry, you just dropped that there for a second, Paul. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yep. Maybe if you could just give us a bit of a background yeah. on you and your current role at Deakin Business School. Sure. Yeah, um, I am the Director of Research within the Department of Management at uh, Deakin Business School. And in addition to... Um, playing a role in developing the research capacities of the department and also within the faculty. Um, I have a, a um, uh, what is it, a very strong sort of research program that um, I'm very passionate about. And uh, that one at the moment is, is, is focusing on small businesses 
and um, their business advisors, in particular accountants, financial planners, um, and and bookkeepers, um, and and looking at how um, those business finance professionals can support the uh, the health and the business needs um, of small businesses in, in particular, purely because we know that, um, as you pointed out, uh, that the, there are many organisations who are suffering at the moment, but um, small businesses are probably feeling it more than most. And uh, at the same time, you know, those small businesses are fronting up to their accountant or financial planner, bookkeeper, whoever it might be, um, uh, you know, really keen to be able to um, identify just exactly what it is that they can do to be able to alleviate some of the financial stress that they're experiencing. Um, and, and with that, you know, they're, they're coming with all the anxiety, with all the pressure um, of, you know, being able to navigate such a, a difficult and, and complex environment in which we're operating at the moment. Um, and, um, you know, there are some people who are, who are being able to work through that in a very methodical and, and effective way. Other people who, for one reason or another, are finding it tough and, um, and who are struggling. And, uh, and we know from recent research that uh, a very large proportion, uh, in fact, almost 33% of, um, of, uh, of small business owners who are feeling stressed and who are um, showing the signs of depression, anxiety and other um, mental health concerns and who are looking for, for guidance, um, of course, in relation to their financial situation, um, but at the same time, um, you know, could certainly benefit uh, from someone who understands uh, what are the signs and symptoms of, of, of those mental, those common uh, mental health conditions um, and can point them in the right direction, um, can, um, uh, can encourage them to... Uh, to seek help uh, and and to be able to take action to to deal with um, the the stress and anxiety and um, and sometimes depression that they're experiencing, we also know that something like sorry, Paul, that's right. Yep, yeah, uh, I was just about to add. We also know that um, something like sixty percent of people who do um, experience diagnosable mental health conditions actually don't seek help, and so the help seeking is absolutely critical. Um, and encouraging that, particularly when it's coming from a trusted um, person like an accountant or, or financial planner, um, someone that that client has has known for for some time, um, does make a difference. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no doubt, and I think that's the key thing, I suppose, that you know, that got brought up in and in our virtual lunch a few weeks ago, where the you know the financial planners, the accountants are having those conversations with clients because they're coming from maybe more of a business sense. But at the end of the day, that's forcing pressure down the line, whether that is like what we spoke about before with our kids at home schooling or, uh, you know, the financial pressures that come with that. And I suppose, you know, that's the, what we want to share today with all of mm, our listeners mm. is more about that, you know, the ability to continue to shine the light, I suppose, yeah. and to talk about the program that, you have created and i think this that's the great thing so sharing about that you, you you were one of the academics that created the counting on you program um from what i believe the first of its course of its kind in the world um mate congratulations on that tell me about the discovery of that and i i, I know you've been doing a lot of work with the cpas and the ipas and the caanz's so to cover the full spectrum of all of our professionals tell us a little bit about how all that came about 
Yeah, it was late 2017, um, Paul. Uh, I'd had a conversation with uh, a colleague who um, works in the accounting sciences. Um, He's involved in the Deakin IPA um, SME Research Centre. Um, he said, and and they also have an advisory body overseeing their undergrad and postgrad accounting courses. Um, all the accounting bodies are represented on that uh, advisory board, and in conversations with them, it was uniform agreement amongst, uh, in particular, amongst those three: CPA, uh, CAANZ, and the IPA. That mental health was a key concern. The mental health of clients, in particular small business clients, was a key concern. I'm talking 2017 here, so mm. this is pre-pandemic. Um, and, um, and in particular, um, speaking of Andrew Conway, it was Andrew who said, you know, the number one is um, the mental health or dealing with the, the, the mental health issues experienced by SME owner clients, but the number two is the mental health of, of business finance professionals themselves. Um, and so, you know, thinking about all the other forces that are at play and, um, and pressures that um, business finance uh, professionals are experiencing, these are the two that stood out um, amongst the, 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 those uh, peak accounting bodies. Um, and so it was very clear to, to us then that this is, you know, this is something that needed to be pursued. Um, and even though SMEs constitute uh, a very large proportion, I think it's something like 95, 96% of all organisations and they employ something, you know, like 60% of, of the Australian workforce. Um, there's not a hell of a lot of research out there, you know, on uh, looking at uh, the well-being of SME owners. And um, what research is out there tends to support the view that um, there is a, 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 um, a high level of, of distress within this population and they are more vulnerable than other occupations to experiencing um, not only distress, um, but also the more severe end of distress when we're talking about burnout and, and anxiety and, and um, uh, depression, more chronic forms of, of mental health illness. And so it was at that, in, uh, that point that we looked at various ways of better understanding this issue and this problem um, and in talking to uh, different stakeholders, not just within the business finance industry, but also in the mental health sector, so Beyond Blue, uh, with WorkSafe, um, with providers of, of mental health services, it was quite clear that we needed to have a program that uh, was both, both treatment-orientated, that is, encourage people to seek treatment um, if, uh, if they are feeling the signs and symptoms of of um, those more serious mental health conditions, um, but at the same time was prevention, had a prevention orientation to it in that it was also um, aiming to be able to uh, prevent and reduce financial distress. Um, the research was, uh, that has been done with SME owners, I mentioned that there's not a huge amount of it, it's quite scant, um, but what we do know is that consistently coming through is that financial distress is one of the key sources of yes. distress that's, um, that's experienced by um, small business owners. So we needed something which was, which was as I say, both treatment orientated as well as, as well as having a prevention angle. And this is what Counting on You does, does have. Um, so it's about um, equipping business advisors with the ability to be able to handle those difficult um, conversations to ask those tough questions um, and then where they do see those signs 
to, to be able to refer them on. Um, but at the same time, you know, to, to, to have that toolkit um, and that ability to be able to find out exactly what it is, what are the situations and circumstances that, that is contributing to their, um, to their stress, um, and then in particular in relation to the financial stresses, to be able to really provide that technical guidance that we know um, our accountants and financial planners and bookkeepers have to be able to at least alleviate some of that pressure um, and, and thereby, you know, uh, provide, provide mental health benefits at sort of either end of that, that, that prevention treatment spectrum. Mm. No, look, it's, 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 it's fantastic. And it's a funny thing that, well, not funny, but interesting that that was done in 2017. So um, like you said before, far well, or well before the pandemic hit. So, and you mentioned yeah. also, you know, you mentioned 33%. So sort of one in three SME owners, um, which is staggering when you think about it. And, 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 and like you said before, I think this is the, this is the element, I suppose, where, as your research has uncovered this as well, where the, the professionals are going to be so important to this to almost have this. And I saw it actually last week. So this is interesting because I saw someone post something about they got their certificate in, is it, is it trained in mental, mental health first aid? Yes, that that's it. Yeah, that's okay. it. Because I saw yeah. that last week on LinkedIn. I thought, <laughs> hey, this is cool because it's something you wouldn't usually see. Yeah, it's a badge of honour these days, Paul, there's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, it's, it's called, you're called actually a, a mental health first aider. Um, and yeah, and you can get, you, you know, you can get uh, little stickers that you can put on your door or, you know, a, a badge or um, it can be, uh, it can be something that's at the foot of your email, just below your signature. Um, and certainly it's, uh, mental health first aid is something that, uh, has been around for some time now within the human services sector. So if you're talking about law enforcement personnel, if you're talking about teachers or, or healthcare or social workers, um, you know, it's pretty par for the course almost. Um, and what we, and I was actually involved in a project so I'm going back a, a little while now, uh, five or six years ago, where we, we took a similar approach, and this was working with Victoria Police, we took a similar approach where we had mental health literacy, which is, which is really about um, better understanding um, the signs and symptoms of different mental health conditions and then knowing how to respond when you, are, when you feel as though that there is someone who is showing those signs and symptoms. Um, mental health first aid is is that as well as equipping people with the ability to be able to handle that crisis situation when they're, you know, when they're, um, their client is having a panic attack or where you can sense that they are really feeling overwhelmed by their current circumstances. Mm. Um, so, so mental health first aid is, is, is both being able to identify those early signs, um, but at the same time being able to, so to try and get it early and encourage help seeking early, but if, if someone is going into um, acute mental health episodes and also knowing how to, how to handle that situation and handle it with, with, with confidence as well. Yes. Um, and, and certainly um, mental health first aid, we know a lot about it, but mainly around those, those sort of more caring professions, um, whereas there's not a lot of research that's been done with mental health first aid uh, within a context like... Um, an accountant who's, um, you know, who's providing services for small business owners. Um, and, and so this is what we're really interested in. To what extent can mental health first aid 
um, be beneficial uh, for uh, the business advisor in terms of equipping them with those knowledge and skills and, and confidence, but also for the end user, which in this case is a small business owner. So this research is really about how, how Mental Health First Aid can work in that context. We've done something different, and this is what you alluded to before, um, in, our, in our program in that we've embedded Mental Health First Aid within a broader relationship building program that's designed specifically for business finance professionals. Um, and so it's trying to sort of mainstream Mental Health First Aid more um, and when I say mainstream, so, so, that, so the business advisors see it as part of their sort of the typical services and the typical approach that they take to dealing with any client that they have. Um, so, sure, it's about, it's about a mental health need, um, but the mental health need is often stemming from what's happening within the business. It may also be stemming from what's happening in the client's personal life. It could maybe a combination there, an interaction that's happening there. And so... Um, Putting it within the context that is mental health first first aid within the context of client relationship building, is um, is emphasising the importance of um, developing that trusting longer term relationship with your client, where you can where you develop an understanding of the person as well as the as well as the business, and yes. where you where you're actually in a much better position to be able to identify those sort of changes in demeanour, the changes in the mood. And, and, and the changes in the person, which, which is really what Mental Health First Aid does. It, it encourages you to, you know, not to look at sort of what you see in front of you, but to look at the, the trends and the changes, um, as I say, in mood, in demeanour, in, in outlook, and, and use that as, you, as your way of being able to identify that there might be something serious here that, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, look, um, and I think, mm. and I, and I think the, the key there that you just mentioned, and to all of our listeners, I think it's, again, it's that relationship that you just mentioned. Yes. And if anything, um, and I know having been in the industry for a very long time now, the, the relationship and the care factor that a lot of the practitioners have for their clients is paramount. You know, Absolutely. I've, I've been able to, unfortunately as well, see, because I spent a lot of time in the US and the the strain and the stress that's put onto US accounting firms mm. is is just next level, right? Um, and a lot of them suffer themselves from melt, mental yes. illness because of that. You know, yes, yeah, it, it's it's just phenomenal. But yeah, their their system's very different to ours. So we're again we're lucky being living in our lucky country of Australia. But it is the the ability for then for the the firms, the practitioners, the partners, even the even the managers nowadays of some firms that have got really good relationships to learn about how to deal with this. So mate, tell us a little bit more about the benefits of the program because, again, the more I learn, the more I really enjoy this space. So um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the prime benefits, and listen, we've this program has been rolled out at the moment, so we've had the, we've had the benefit, oh, I've had the benefit and our team have, been able to actually observe um, because the sessions are online um, uh, we've been able to observe the training sessions and um, listen in on the discussions with their consent of course and and to be able to really get a bird's eye view of of how people are responding and what they're saying about the program and and certainly um, from from the comments that we've been receiving, and, and also we've, we're evaluating this program to the hilt too, Paul. So, um, you know, we really do want to know 
um, what works and in what circumstances it's, it's more likely to work. But one of the benefits that we see really early on is um, a confidence in, in knowing that, you know, how you're responding is what the experts are saying, is the, is the approach to take, you know, when you do see those, those signs and symptoms um, and you feel that, 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 that there's something at play here that does need to be addressed. So mm. it's having that confidence, having the knowledge and then having the skills. Part of the program or, or a key part of the program um, is, um, is where we do role plays. So we get people in situations where, you know, they've, um, uh, they've got a client who's showing certain symptoms um, you know, what do you do in a situation? So, so the, um, the participants will go into their breakout rooms, they will do these role plays um, and, and then they will come back and they will talk about what they happened. Now, the facilitator who is, of course, trained in mental health first aid um, has been able to go around to each of those breakout rooms and see how people are responding. And so that confidence that people are talking about is also something which the instructors are seeing in their development, in the participants' development as they go through this program. Um, we also follow up the program with boost, what we call booster sessions. And this is, this is where, you know, you do your online training. It's a little bit like a classroom. But whether you're actually able to do that in the heat of the moment is another, you know, to apply those knowledge, knowledge and skills in the heat of the moment is another thing. So the booster programs is designed to give people the opportunity to actually go out there with their clients and actually practice this, the relationship building techniques that we talk about and also the mental health first aid practices that we talk about. And they have the opportunity to put that into place. And certainly what's coming through in our booster sessions is that people do feel as though now that they've got more um, more of a framework in a mind, more of a sort of a plan of attack of, of, of how to deal with these situations, whereas previously that they didn't. So that confidence and that um, know-how um, is, is certainly one of the key benefits. And, and, and this is really reassuring for us as, um, as people who were involved in developing the program to actually see that happening. Um, one of, one of the, the other key benefits of being able to um, take part in this program is that uh, the, the information and knowledge gained is immediately applicable to our own lives as business advisors yes. um, and to the people around us. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not just employees or we're not just accountants and financial planners. We're also, we're also parents, you know, we're also sons and daughters of, of elderly parents um, who may be experiencing difficulties. And so, or, or ourselves can certainly, you know, one in five Australians will, will, will experience a mental health condition in, you know, in their, in their lifetime. And so it's, it's, it, it is common. It's probably even more common, even though I haven't actually seen that the most up-to-date statistics, I have no doubt um, that we have higher levels of um, depression, anxiety um, in our community at this point in time because of what's happened over the, over the past 18 months. So it's, it's, it is much more commonplace. And so we can, as business advisors, we can use this knowledge um, to be able to even think about our, our, our own health, our own mental health, and whether we're actually experiencing some of those symptoms and whether we should be actually you know, taking stock of, of what's happening with our mental health. We can also, uh, we may have um, 
uh, uh, sons and daughters may have issues, as I say, uh, you know, parents, uh, uh, friends, uh, people who we come into contact with down at the football club, whoever it might be, um, you know, we're in a position to be able to uh, apply that knowledge um, in a variety of different contexts. Um, this training is developed for the, you know, f for the um, business finance professional context, but it's immediately applicable to, to all sorts of, of different sort of social and organisational contexts as well. So it's, it's, it's being able to apply it in our workplace, but also to apply it in our personal life, which is, I think, the, 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 the other key benefits of this program. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as, as you mentioned just before, the, um, the ability to sometimes sit back and it, it help ourselves, you know, is, yes. is just as important because like anything, I suppose, and I always look at it from a personal point of view, if I haven't got my health um, and if I'm not happy, well, how am I, what sort of reflection is that going to be on my family? Yeah. So it's a, it's a similar sort of thing that we all as individuals can look at and use it internally just as much, team members just as much. So yeah. as a, there's, and I know that I know doing a lot of training as well in the past that <laughs> most people don't like role plays. You know, it's sort of one of those <laughs> things where they go, "Oh my god, a role play!" But <laughs> oh, Paul, so I thought important. that when I mentioned that, you would think I'd be cutting edges. This is the cutting edge program <laughs> doing the role plays. But now you no. make me think, "Oh, this is just stock standard stuff." So <laughs> no, but it, it's certainly the listen the, the just the ability to be able to practice it. Yes, you know, to to actually to actually ask someone are you feeling suicidal is a really, really tough question, even if it's in a role play. Um, and, and, and so, and, and that, and that's, that's what we get down to, you know, it's a really nitty gritty stuff in how to deal with those situations where you're really not sure what that person's going to do when they walk out your door. Um, and, and so what questions do you need to ask in order to give yourself that peace of mind that, you know, that, that, um, you have done everything that you can do um, in this situation um, and, and that what you have done is something that, as I say, uh, is, is recognised as, as being the appropriate approach to take. Um, and so, so I, you know, I think when, when we're, it, it's easy to talk about, it's, it, it, it's still difficult to actually do it in a, uh, I suppose, in a... Um, yeah, in a role play where it is hypothetical, um, but because, it, you know, the people who are coming into our programs, when they talk about the reasons why, what motivated them to sign up, it's, it's generally because they have reflected on situations where they, uh, they have suspected that there has been a mental health problem um, and they wish they could have had done something. Correct. The, 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 yeah, they wish they could have done something different and they, they, wish they, they wish that they had the toolkit um, to be able to feel comfortable and confident um, to be able to ask those difficult questions and, and, um, and to be able to navigate those, those um, awkward or sometimes awkward conversations. Yeah, and it's probably the, it's, it's, to be fair, it's that next layer of question. Everybody mm. can say, hey, mate, how are you doing? How are you yep. feeling? And they can, you know, friends are very good at, especially if it's over the phone where you can't see eyeball. It, it's easier to, yeah, I'm okay. Um, and then you, then you move on to your next topic. But it is literally, it, it's, it's the next layer of questioning that you really need to delve deeper into to work out, like you said before, are they suicidal? And that's yeah. a tough question to ask yeah. anybody. Yeah. So yeah. let alone to try and get the response, but to ask it. So um, 
look, I just love the fact that what you guys are doing here. Have you, have you got any research at the moment to how people are responding to sort of following the course or is it a little bit early? Yeah. Yeah, no, we do, we do have we do have early insights, Paul, um, and certainly we are seeing um, increases in the right direction. So, in terms of knowledge gained, in terms of um, feeling confident um, uh, in it, being able to practice mental health first aid, um, in terms of you know the skills to be able to um, ask those the, the, those tough questions, we're seeing sort of increases. Um, fairly healthy increases between anywhere between 15 and 20% in terms of people um, who have uh, agreed or strongly agreed um, that, uh, yeah, so the percentages of people who strongly or, or yes, uh, either agree or strongly agree yeah. um, that, that they, they, they can actually ask those tough questions, that they feel confident in order to be able to deal with that, 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 that next layer as you talk about um, that they feel confident in their ability to be able to identify those those typical signs of depression or anxiety. So, so as I say, yeah, it, it's only trend data at this at this point in time, mm-hmm. um, but we certainly are seeing some some fairly healthy increases. What we're really interested um, with our interested in within our evaluation is not only the improvement in the the knowledge and the skills and the confidence. Um, in terms of mental health first aid and, and relationship building overall, but we're also wanting to see what sort of influence does, have, does this have on the clients of the business advisors. Um, and, and we haven't got any of that data as yet, but, you know, that, that, that's, uh, that there's not a great deal. I said before that mental health first aid is a very well-researched program, and it certainly is, yeah. um, but not as much research around the actual end users. And if you can think about a, a copper, for example, or, or a healthcare practic- practitioner, they, they may encourage someone to seek help, um, but they don't have that longer-term relationship to actually see whether they did or not. Whereas an accountant does, yes. and so I, I think that's where that's where it becomes really powerful, and it's where also because because of that longer term relationship, and um, you know I, I think I've said in other forums before that often mental health and um, financial health go hand in hand, and so when when people's um, when people's or people's businesses are, are really feeling the pinch and, and that they are struggling, they're more likely to experience the mental health. And um, what's really interesting about that relationship is that those people, when they are experiencing mental health plus the, the financial difficulties, they're much more likely to reach out to their accountant or their financial planner or their bookkeeper for help around um, the, the business financials um, than they are to actually go to a mental health professional. So that, that it really does put, it really does put um, accountants and financial planners on the front line. It means that they're the ones who are the first responders, not, not the healthcare personnel, mm. um, you know, not the mental health practitioners. It's, it's the accountant, it's a financial planner who is who's, getting the early insights on what's happening in this, peop- in, in this person's life and um, who can then identify, yeah, there are signs there that they are withdrawing um, they are um, seem to be much more negative about their situation and feeling hopeless about their situation when, than what they have been previously. And it, it really is, you know, showing in, in what's happening with, with their lives but also what's happening within relationships that they're 
you know, that they're having with other people as well. And as an accountant, we're, we're privy to, you know, that detailed information, not just about the business, but also about the business owner. And so it just means that um, as accountants and financial planners and bookkeepers, you know, you are in a very good position um, to be able to see what's happening in their lives, um, to 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 see the implications of, of where there are, that there is, um, you know, severe cash flow, cash flow problems or creditor pressure or where people are really fearful about the survival of their business. And you, you can see that. And, and you've got a client who's, who's reaching out to you um, for this financial guidance and business guidance more generally, but at the same time you can see the emotion and you can see the effects that it's having. And so this program is about giving you ability to be able to respond in an appropriate way in those situations. Yeah, brilliant. Look, and I, and again, going back just to just to quickly touch on it before we wrap up, that relationship building aspect is is paramount. I think and that's, that's it. from from what I can tell. You know, the firms that I've been working with for a very long time, they've spent a lot of time learning how to do that because it's not mm. something that comes naturally mm. to mm. you're right. It comes naturally to a salesperson because that's what you need to do. A salesperson mm. is there to build rapport, build a relationship. Um, it doesn't necessarily come naturally to accountants who use a different type of their brain, they, they, you know, the blue side of the analytical side of their brain yes, to, yes. To, to, to analyze things. So mm. that's why I think this is so important as well. So, mm. um, mate, as a parting comment, piece of advice, closing, good, bad advice, what can you share with our listeners? Uh, listen, um, I, I think our business advisors um, in, in particular uh, – you know, the accountants and the financial planners that are out there have been doing it hard. They've been doing it tough themselves. And I said that this program is, uh, also has benefits for um, uh, BA's own health and well, um, but more broadly than our program. I want you guys to look after yourselves. Um, I know that uh, there are many firms out there who, you know, are really under the pump and, and accountants within per, in, in firms. And if you're feeling it, then you certainly need to reach out as well. Um, so take care of yourselves and, um, and, and, yeah, if you do feel as though that, you know, you're, you're feeling nervous about how to respond to clients who may be struggling or, or you, you know, that looks as though they're feeling overwhelmed by everything, I'm not quite sure, quite sure what, what to do in that situation, then certainly think about, a, uh, if it's not counting on you, think about, a, you know, a, a mental health literacy or a mental health first aid program that you can do. Counting on you is tailored for business finance professionals and so it's certainly helpful in that respect. But, um, you know, getting that guidance whatever way you can is, is really what we want to see. Yeah, fantastic. And, mate, what a great way to wrap up. So, Andrew, thank you. Thanks for joining us again, um, sharing your wisdom around what you've done, the research of how it got to this stage. And, you know, as we enter a new financial year, they're the opportunities yeah. that exist. So for all our listeners... Again, look at you first. Uh, look at the sort of value add that you can continue to provide your clients, business owners, individuals, whatever it may be, and have a look at this. Check it out, counting on you, and see how you can add it again as another little additional value add to what you're doing out there. So, mate, thank you. I look forward to the continued growth and the continued chats and the continued light that we shine on this topic. So, But I thank you very much for joining us today on Talking Numbers. That's fine, Paul. Thank you very much for your support and uh, all the best. Fantastic. Thanks, mate. Bye. Okay, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us to listening to our Talking Numbers podcast. Um, we've got plenty of several big-name guests to come, and obviously if you've liked anything you've heard, please go back 
please like it, please share it, please comment on it. Um, and more importantly, if you like what we're doing, please make sure you check us out on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all our different socials, The Professional Partners, and you'll find us there. Thanks for listening.